Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
I love that song. Welcome to a special edition on the Red Velvet Media Network of the Indie Cafe. And today we have a special guest, besides it being his birthday. I have artist and composer Mark Kostabi with us. And um, we have Spencer Drake calling in from New York, but for some reason Spencer keeps dropping. I see him dropping out of the studio. So hopefully he will call back in. But um, we are really excited to have Mark here because it's not only his birthday. And Spencer, I just see, just dropped in the studio again. Hopefully he can stay in. Um, besides, like I said, it being Mark's birthday, it's not only that. We are just excited the day after Thanksgiving to bring you such great entertainment. Um, the number, if you'd like to call in and talk to either myself or Spencer or Mark, is 347-677-1036. The studio um, has a chat line that is open as well. You do need to create an account. The chat room is open, and I do see quite a few people in there. So Mark has a really diverse background, and so we are going to be talking about art, composing music, and a lot of really cool other things, and what he's doing for his birthday He's going to tell me, Mark, hold on, let me bring Spencer into the studio. Okay, Mark and we, have, Spencer. we have me, right? <laughs> got you. <laughs> I we, got you, baby. On? Okay. Hey, I Mark. got you. And, and Hi, everyone, Spencer. excuse my, my voice. It sounds a little more sexier than usual because um, <laughs> it's, a little, yeah. it's a little rough around the edges, but um, that's okay. <laughs> Welcome to the show, but, Mark. We are so happy to so, have you here today. You, Thank you very so much. Should, How are you? Should I sing happy birthday? <laughs> if you, well, no, it's if your you're birthday. a singer. But you can yeah, hear well. me, right? Yeah. I can hear you, darling. Okay. Yes, I can hear I'm you. Glad, you're no, fine. I'm, I'm with the group. <clears throat> you're Thank live. you so much for having me. I, I loved hearing that song called Glide With Me. Yeah, I want to hear about that. So let's let's do this. Let's go into Glide With Me and talk a little bit about your music composer side, and then let's get into talking about where, what, how you got into art and music and all the amazing designing of album covers for Guns N' Roses, the Ramones, and uh, Cedar, and everybody, numerous people. But let's start with your music part first. Do you want to do that since we sure. have Glide With Me? Yeah, let's do that. Yes, yes, Spence. yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely. So tell me about that song. Well, first of Beautiful all, uh, the lyrics are mm-hmm. a, it's a new thing for me. I've always been a composer doing mostly instrumental music uh, mm-hmm. since I was 12 years old. My mother was a piano piano teacher, classical wow. piano teacher. My father was um, a uh, kind of a jazz pianist who played uh, a lot of folk songs. They both taught me how to play piano, and I was uh, uh, inspired to write my own things since I was 12. Wow. Um, yes, so I grew up in a musical family. My brother, Paul Kostabi, is a guitarist, also a songwriter. Uh, he was the uh, founder of the band called White Zombie. And he really? With, along with, yeah, along with Rob Zombie. And uh, he was the guitarist on the first EP, and he was very close with the Ramones. And he organized um, uh, for me to design the, um, the final album cover for the Ramones called Adios Amigo. Oh, wow. And Take a so, breath. Take a breath. Yes. Mark. Art and music have been together. <laughs> <clears throat> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Wow. So tell me the um inspiration for that song Glide with Me. That's it's got such a great feeling to it, that song. Thank you very much. Well, 
It's about prenatal haunting. Uh, the first uh, line is, if you leave me, I will haunt you till the day mm-hmm. you're born. Mm-hmm. So th- this idea of where do we go when we die, you know, one answer is the same place that we came from before we were born. Uh, and and the, uh, the, the point of view of the person singing it is, is uh, in control uh, and is letting the listener know that, uh, completely in control, but is still uh, interested in having fun. And um, she's a little bit eternal. The, the, the song fills, finishes with, you'll never guess my age. I know, I love be, that. Yeah, well, she could be that. 17, 18, or 500 years old. It's not clear. Wow. Well, cool. you're an amazing and, man, let me tell you that. Not Holly, only I can answer the question. Yeah, go for it, Mark, you know, I designed for the Ramones, too. We both have done that, which makes us a camaraderie thing. Um, how did you get into Guns N' Roses cover? That's my question. Are we going to talk that, about music or into the art everything. first? <laughs> okay, cool. Let's go, go for back it, Mark. And forth. Yeah, we can go back uh, and forth like a ping pong well, since, match. Well, let, since Spencer just asked about Guns N' Roses, I yeah. will explain since it also relates to music and to art. So I Absolutely. made a painting. Uh, I made a painting uh, uh, inspired by uh, a detail from a giant Raphael mural that's in the Vatican Museums in Rome, where I also Amazing. live. Amazing. Um, wow. And, uh, and uh, the the... the the Raphael mural was called the, the School of Athens, and my painting featured two small figures from that gigantic painting, and it was silk screen and oil on canvas, and in 1990, I made this painting. It needed a title, so I asked my brother, Paul Kostabi, who's also a um, painter as well as a musician, can you give me a suggestion of a title? And he said, call it Use Your Illusion. And, oh, wow. Uh, wow. And I liked the sound hey. of that, so I wrote it on the back of the mm-hmm. painting, and I shipped it. I shipped it to my gallery in uh, at the time in Beverly Hills called Hanson Galleries on Rodeo Drive, and mm-hmm. uh, shortly thereafter, Axel Rose was walking down the street, wandered into the gallery, saw the painting, loved it, and bought it. Then when oh he found God, out I the title, it. yeah, he I know he's like got it. that. Yeah, he I've owns that it. painting, and when he he saw the title, uh, mm-hmm. he. Uh, uh, was kind of overwhelmed because just the night before he wrote a song which had lyrics something like uh, I bought an illusion and hung it on the wall mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it was sort of like destiny and so through his manager he immediately contacted me and asked me if he could use the painting on the upcoming album uh, and then the rest is rock and roll history because now it's sold oh, over no. 36 million copies yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's a really big that's album. Insane. Yeah, I remember. So I, didn't do it. I remember. I wasn't hired to do it. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Sort of like with the Ramones, I was asked to modify an existing painting. With Axel, he just bought something I already made, and he liked my title, and uh, and we did a deal. Uh, he, I, I sold him the rights to use it uh, any way he wants forever. So mm-hmm. that's why it's been on a million T-shirts or millions of T-shirts and wow. uh, yeah. and uh, stage backdrops, etc. <clears throat> hmm Mhm. You know, you know what I really like? That's a story. That's a really cool story. Like I was going to ask you, do you have any stories to go along with? You know, I don't know where to start here because not only are you the artist, you also are the composer. And then also, I'm really, really, really drawn to the fact that you do these, you have bronze sculptures in Italy, and um, you have a lot in Italy. A lot of your a lot, a lot of your roots are in Italy. 
and you've been on 60 Minutes and Eye to Eye and Current Affair and Oprah Winfrey and Lysol. So, I mean, this is just so cool to have you on here today, especially on your birthday, spending that <laughs> part of your day. Yeah, and again, if anybody wants to call in and wish Mark a happy birthday, it's 347-677-1036, and the chat room is open. But, um, you know, I want to head back to the art for a second here, if that's okay, okay. with you, Spence. Um, sure. yeah. I want to ask you, I want to know about these bronze sculptures that are of the Pope, and um, were you commissioned to do these, or how does that? The how one- did that happen? The one of the Pope I was commissioned to do. Uh, most mm-hmm. of my other sculptures, I, I did it on my own just to express myself through the medium of sculpture and then exhibited them and sold them. Sometimes I get commissioned to do a new version of an existing sculpture. Mm-hmm. But the Pope sculpture was a 100% commission. And, and uh, shall I tell you how that came about? I would love yes. to hear it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so it, through a restaurant. Now, I'm told that the Pope's, are not allowed to eat in restaurants, unlike like They're presidents not. of countries. They can't yeah. eat at the restaurant. I don't know if it has to do with uh, not being allowed to endorse the restaurant or whatever. But um, It's the safety, the food. It's, maybe it's the safety. Yeah, maybe it it's is. The safety. But the high-level cardinals do eat in restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, uh, I have a, two of my gigantic paintings in a restaurant in in uh, Rome called Antica Pesa in, uh, in the... Trastevere oh, nice. section of Rome, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and this restaurant is the uh, one of my favorite restaurants all over, anywhere in the world. Plus, it, uh, Sophia Loren said it's her very favorite restaurant. She eats it there is. It's a great restaurant uh, a lot. And so, mm-hmm. oh, you've been there? Yeah. Oh, you've heard about it? Okay. Yes, and t- I've they been opened there. the Brooklyn version recently. It's mm-hmm. a great restaurant. They actually have other paintings of mine too, but they have two gigantic paintings. One that's about twenty feet long. The other one's about fifteen feet long and about eight or ten feet tall. And so uh, uh, people like Sophia Loren and lots of actors and musicians dine in front of these paintings and walk past them regularly, including uh, high-level cardinals from the Vatican, which is not far away. And then what, a political figure in Rome uh, was about to give a gift to the city called Velletri, which is about a 45 minutes drive south of Rome. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. had to be a work of art. And they were looking for a a, a realistic sculptor that could do a portrait of the Pope. Now, I'm known for my non-realistic work. I, I paint and sculpt faceless figures, but the owner of the restaurant, um, the co-owner of the restaurant, uh, Francesco Panella, said, why don't you talk to Mark Castabi? So he introduced me to this politician who commissioned me to do this sculpture, which uh, was given as a gift to the, the city of Velletri, um, in a cathedral, it's ha- it's there permanently in this public uh, cath- uh, cloister of a cathedral, and mm-hmm. the Pope at the time was Ratzinger, and he uh, arrived uh, by helicopter with lots of fanfare to give a mass there and also to um, to bless the sculpture and unveil it to the public. So it was very exciting for me to meet the Pope, but the po- the sculpture was of the previous Pope, John Paul II. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, this all happened in nine, uh, to year 2007 and in September, and it was very exciting. Uh, I have yet to meet the new amazing Pope, but I did meet uh, that, that short German guy named Ratzinger, who was very charming, and <laughs> um, that's the story. Yeah. Wow. Of, of all Can I, I want to ask you a question, Mark. Um, 
you've collaborated. Now, this is interesting. You've collaborated with several artists, and uh, my partner uh, in film is uh, Lee Stewart. He did a film about Howard Finster, which I'm in, by the way, an indie film. It's won a lot of awards mm. so far. And um, you had a collaboration with Howard Finster. What was that about? Well, I've done many collaborations with Howard Finster, um, wow. perhaps even 100 paintings together and several drawings, Amazing. a dozen drawings. Um, mm -hmm. But for sure, uh, uh, over 30, 40, or 50, uh, something like that. I don't remember. I have to count. Anyway, uh, it, we were introduced by a guy, um, through a guy named Brian Ray, R-E-J. Uh, I had been a fan of his, and of course, um, uh, I, I knew that he'd done an album cover for R.E.M. and um, right. and Talking Heads. Uh, right. He was like a pop culture uh, personality. Uh, he was America's most famous fake, uh, folk artist, and I remember seeing him on the Johnny Carson show. So it was a huge honor for me to go down there to uh, uh, Paradise Garden, which was the name of his uh, house and gardens. And uh, we became friends and immediately started collaborating. Um, we did it in uh, – usually what I did was I, I sent him paintings of mine that needed something. I, I, I thought of it as they needed some spirituality, and Howard delivered mm -hmm. and just enveloped my unresolved paintings with spirituality. Oh. On the other hand, we did several large paintings where he did like the middle part of a big square painting, um, and I would paint around his figure. It was a way. It was a. It was a clever way to make giant paintings, uh, where he only had to do a little part. So the Brian Ray would take a giant canvas. He he would fold it up into like nine squares and just give Howard the middle square and ask him to draw on that or paint on that, and then that would come to my studio in New York and I would paint all around it. So that was we had this back and forth thing, and uh, I'm uh, I didn't I didn't realize that. Uh, that you were so familiar with him. Um, someday we have to make a book of of, of all this collaboration. If I, if well, I, I have to see that movie that you're in. How are you in that movie, Spencer? I can't hear well, you guys. Uh, we did an interview. Lee did an interview. Uh, it's all about. By the way, it's all about Paradise Gardens. That's the title of it. It's, been, it's in uh, and 13 film festivals right now. One of first prize and second prize. And what we did, it's a collaboration of a lot of interviews, uh, interviews of people that own this art, like Chris Franz from Talking Heads, a dear awesome. friend of mine. And and um, I, I knew of him through being an art director on uh, and working with Talking Heads, uh, designing for them, actually. And so uh, Lee had, you know, had I known, I tell you the truth, Mark, had I known you were involved with it, I would have said, we would love to have you interviewed in the movie because this started a long, long time ago. Oh, he's so got to be part yeah. of it. Totally got to be uh, part exactly. of it. I've been yeah. to get in touch with you. The other, the other, um, but he is an incredible artist. I mean, Howard Finster yeah. is off the wall, right? He's his art yeah. is amazing, and um, it's just that people, a lot more people, should see it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's not like he's uh, completely unknown. I, I was recently in New Orleans at the Ogden <laughs> Museum, which is a music, museum do, donate, uh, dedicated to uh, outsider art, and they have a whole large room dedicated to his work. And that's oh, just great. one of many museums that have his work. Uh, he was mm -hmm. a great, warm, uh, uh, inviting character. Uh, he really made me feel special because he said that when we were collaborating, he told me that many other artists were asking him to collaborate with him. But uh, I didn't ask him to say this, but he said, but I only want to collaborate with you. So oh, I, wow. whether that's true or not, I'm going to assume it's true. He, that's that he amazing. He certainly knew all the right things a mark? to say. Yeah. Amazing. And also he was There's a another artist I wanted to Wait, bring up. Uh, you're talking Kendo over Nori, each other. Uh, Yoku. 
um, you work with, right? Yes, Tad- right? Tadanori Yoko. Yes. Yeah, he does famous posters, right? He did a lot of poster art. Uh, in the 60s, he became world famous as uh, a poster artist, a, a major graphic designer, and the Museum of Modern Art owns uh, his posters and has frequently shown them in their design poster shows. They're amazing. Then in the 80s, he became a painter. Uh, mm. He's less famous for his paintings, but those are accomplished oh. too, and we did a whole series of paintings in, in the 90s, actually, uh, collaborating on paintings. That he did you not know. know. I'm sure... I am so sure that there are so many people out there that have paintings of yours. And what I really liked so much about your website, and I want to give that out, the website is mkostabi.com. And Mark is also on Facebook, and also um, I saw you're on Twitter as well. Um, Are you on Instagram, Mark? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, and I'm rather active on it and very active on Facebook, but not so active on 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 Twitter. I have yeah, an account, I but that. I haven't been paying attention to it. But yes, you can. And then my videos of the of my music, which also frequently merges my art, can mm-hmm. be seen uh, on on YouTube. So like that first mm-hmm. song that you played of mine called "Glide with Me." If you yeah. if you go on YouTube and put "Kasabi Glide with Me," you'll hear the same song with the video that goes along with it, which was just yeah. finished a few weeks ago. It's unbelievable. Um, you have, you know Mark, you're in, a, uh, you're in, you're in, what's very interesting, you're in a lot of major museums, which I noticed That's, on the yeah, list. Yeah, I wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Right, Museum of Talk Modern Art, all Guggenheim, Brooklyn, et cetera, et cetera. It's an amazing collection you are in. Oh, uh, yeah. Quite an honor. But this is, is, this is what happens when you totally throw yourself into art and the art world and the creative process and when you're determined to become a success. I'm fi- I, I turned 55 today. But uh, when I was 20, oh, thank you. But I got into those museums when I was 24 and 25, and then later too. But you're not 55. You're still a kid. I was born on November 27, 1960, (laughs) along with uh, Glide uh, with me. No, you're Glide with me, Mark. Just wait a minute, Mark. You just brought up something that's very interesting. You were in these museums at 24 and 25. That's amazing. uh, this character uh, named Bear Jones used to go around saying, I was the youngest artist ever to be acquired by the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Amazing. But it, it's, I don't think it's true. I think I'm the second youngest. Uh, the, yeah. the, the youngest uh, uh, was Frank Stella, who currently is enjoying a major retrospective at the new Whitney Museum here in New York. And it's a fabulous museum, and it's a great show. He was 24 when he had a major retrospective at MoMA. I was 25, so he beat me by a year. But so it's I'm, still I'm, a in, I, I, I'm at Mark. I'm in the I'm in the MoMA collection, and I'm 73. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but you probably that's got funny. In when you, were you know back what? Age day, doesn't right? matter. Yeah. Age doesn't matter. And doesn't you know, I want to bring. I want to say something really cool that I loved yeah. about your page, Mark, on Facebook. You put these new paintings that you've done, and you go. Give me a suggestion for a name for for it. Do you let your friends and family and close people and people that are inspired invoke like a name for a painting for you? Is that cool? That's just uh, really oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, yes, I do, and it's a natural outgrowth 
of the, the way I make art in general, the studio system. I, I, ha- mm-hmm. I have a very active imagination, and I personally have made many, many thousands of drawings and paintings. Well, you're a Sagittarius. Uh, however, I'm, I'm well known. <laughs> the reason I was on those shows like the Oprah Winfrey show and 60 uh-huh. Minutes, et cetera, that you mentioned earlier is because in the 80s I was controversial uh, and the 90s for being open about talking about the uh, the fact that other people paint my paintings. So I have Kastabi World where dozens of people uh, execute my paintings based on my drawings, and I also have right. people who draw for me within my style. Uh, and so, uh, and they made a movie about me called Con Artists uh, because I was playing around with that uh, um, that concept. Uh, uh, and 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 so, uh, if I'm going to have people paint my paintings, come up with the ideas for them. Uh, why not have them title them too? Uh, oh, but I, I had fun with talk- it. Yeah, I had so that. much fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun, and I I was already asking other people to suggest titles way back in the eighties. As you really? already know, my brother Paul came up with the title "Use Your Illusion" for that painting, which mm-hmm. then actually wow, used. yeah, so, that's uh, amazing. But, but even uh, but, but way back in nineteen eighty five, I would hire not sometimes hire or just ask my art critic and poet friends to suggest uh, titles for paintings. And I'm not the only artist who does that. Uh, uh, Magritte would do it uh, in, uh, oh, really? in the early uh, 20th century. The abstract expressionists would have th- their poet friends suggest titles for paintings. Oh, so it's great. very natural. I do it in a very organized way, though. As you mentioned, I do it on Facebook. I put up a new mm-hmm. painting and I say, this new painting needs a title. Any suggestions? Yeah. And I get I a lot of uh, of of offers that people are willing to give me for free and uh, uh, <laughs> 5% of them are, are good um, uh-huh. and and 5% is quite a few good ones because you know sometimes they get one or two or 300 title suggestions for a painting so yeah. I have 15 good ones to choose from now I have but th- before I was doing that I, I did and I continue to do although it's on hold a TV show called the Kastabi show it used to be called name that painting uh, wow. But now it's called the Kastabi Show, and it's a game show where uh, art critics and celebrities compete to title my paintings for cash awards. You're kidding wow. me! I've no? heard about the show, and I wanted to ask you about that. So now that you've told us a little bit about that, tell us about some of the funny moments on that show. I want to hear this. Well, there was <laughs> one show funny. where I had uh, Ornette Coleman, Suzanne Vega, and Michelle wow. Gondry on all at the same time. As the three uh-huh. celebrity contestants, um, and uh, uh, they all had great titles, and and uh, Ornette uh, was uh, actually the most impressive of, among those luminaries, and the, he was so soft-spoken, you, I could barely hear his titles. He's a because uh, he he spoke so quietly, and yet mm. his titles had the impact of, of a loudspeaker. Um, and yeah. so I have all sorts of people from uh, the world of art criticism, uh, film directors, musicians, and um, uh, famous artists uh, who who come on and title my paintings, and it and and it's 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 a great honor for me. And plus, it's kind of subversive because uh, I have a lot of art critics, and and uh, consequently. These art critics can't really give me a bad review anymore because they're basically re- reviewing their own work because they contribute oh, yeah. to the, the process. Totally get I mean, maybe one. they can say, oh, the painting sucks, but right. the title's great. But I pay I pay them well, and we've all become friends, so it's sort of very <laughs> incestuous and subversive and, and um, 
basically, I bought off the critics. Uh, all my, <laughs> I mean, all, and just, these art critics are so broke. You know, uh, some, uh, I heard someone funny. say the other day they they've never made a statue about a critic, and uh, <laughs> and it's true. Mark, I mean, you know, I know you travel a lot. Um, what are well, we know Italy is is very. Um, in your heart, um, what are some of the other places that you've traveled that you really, really like connected with? I know Prague for me was a really big one. Um, and yeah, Prague also, is beautiful. Uh, I went yeah. there more as a tourist. Uh, actually, no, I mm-hmm. had a show there. I was in the, the Prague Biennial. Uh, but I was overwhelmed uh, just as a tourist looking at the beautiful medieval buildings. Amazing, uh, another huh? city that's close to my heart and soul is the capital of Estonia, which is called Tallinn, T-A-L-L-I-N-N. And, and you I'm are Estonian, Estonian in my aren't roots. You? Aren't you Estonian? Well, I was born in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but my, both my parents were born in Estonia. So I'm first-generation American. That's magical. And, yes. And I Very frequently magical. go to Tallinn, uh, Estonia. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend lives there, Desiree. She's a singer, an opera singer. And I go there mm-hmm. to visit her and to do concerts and art shows, uh, sometimes concerts with her. Uh, and uh, but I've been going there since the, since uh, Estonia got its independence from the Soviet Union in the early 90s to do art shows and concerts. And and the the the, the historical center of Tallinn is very mm-hmm. moving. It's like the buildings are so magical. It's like a fairy tale city. Uh, I and, bet. And yeah, because during World War II, uh, mm-hmm. the people who were doing all the bombings of all those beautiful cities throughout Europe didn't have a motivation for conquering Estonia. Uh, I guess that didn't represent uh, power and money. So that city got spared. So he- hence, it's one of the be- best and most beautifully preserved medieval cities in, in Europe. Oh, and so this magical, I'm planning on going there in January. And oh, okay. uh, even though... Yeah, I I'm like going to go there Vienna. again in January. And even though they go. don't have a super strong <laughs> art market, now they're buying they're buying a lot of my work. Yeah, Let's that's great. go, Spencer. Let's go. I love it. Oh, you guys coming? I love it. I go it's to Vienna usually place. in January. Yeah, I like Vienna for the balls so let, and stuff. Uh, I was going to bring up the wow. uh, Kostaba, uh, Kostaba beat, Mark. Kostaba beat. Kostaba yeah, beat Could you tell us is about the name of, the, uh, of my group. Yeah, featuring yeah. Tony Esposito and Paul Costabi. Uh, we are the three principal uh, members, and then there are uh, several other uh, uh, guest musicians uh, and musicians that, like, there we have an Italian version and a New York version. Uh, wow. For example, yeah, we have a different bass player here. His name is Paul Nowinski. Um, He's he's a really great bass player. His, his latest credential is he's on the new Keith Richards. Uh, album playing bass on one song, and he worked I with Les Paul for a long time. Be, Paul Nowinski. Yeah. And on the other hand, in Europe, the bass player's name is is Antonio Nicola Bruno, who's a wonderful uh, Italian I bass love player. It. Yeah, that's a yeah. great name. I love that. Uh, so we do concerts, uh, especially in Europe, especially uh, mostly in Italy, all over Italy, uh, usually for about three or four thousand people each, usually in the summertime. At open air plazas, which in the theater, very yeah, normal in the plazas, yeah, it's very wonderful. And then also in other countries like Estonia. And then we recently did a whole bunch of concerts in the New York area, um, where Tony Esposito came in and 
And we played at the Cutting Room in New York, and I think Spencer was there, right? I was right? there. I loved it. It was great. It was absolutely Thank a great you. experience, i got to tell you, Mark. And your music, your, people have to hear your music because you've got a fusion thing going on. It's very different, very creative. It's a different form of music, which I like. Uh, Holly, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I've been listening to a lot of it, and I actually was thinking about inviting Mark to come to Sonoma along with his art and maybe music and doing maybe a dinner because, um, you know, Tracy's coming into town, and we're thinking about doing a wine dinner and flying in a celebrity chef. And I would like to invite Mark because there's so many people here. He could paint a huge mural. The city would love that. Oh, my gosh. That sounds wonderful. I'm open to that idea. Have you been to Sonoma, Mark? I do not think so. I may have driven by once, but I haven't spent time there. It's like being in Tuscany. It's beautiful. Oh, nice. It's really, really beautiful. Tuscany is a place I go to often uh, both to uh, perform music and also to make my sculptures. Because within Tuscany, there's a town called Pietra Santa, Mm -hmm. which is like Mm -hmm. the sculpture capital of the world for all their great founders. Wow. Tell me what's your favorite medium to work in when you sculpt? Well, actions speak louder than words, and most of my sculptures are bronze. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I've done a little bit of marble, but but obviously I, I must like bronze. Bronze is Almost nice. all of them are yeah. bronze, and, and uh, they're they're. They're doing quite well, and, uh, you know, I have some of the other artists out there who are my age, mm-hmm. maybe a little older, like Jeff Koons, sells his sculptures in the multiple millions of dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a reason for that. Part of it is it's so expensive to make sculptures. So I am known mostly as a painter, and I've made over 20,000 paintings, and almost all of them have been sold. And since I do quantity hopefully in, in addition to quality, but the quantity aspect means that the prices are lower compared to an artist like Jeff Koons or or uh, Damien Hurst. Or, um, so uh, my paintings go for between 5000 to 100000 but most of them are five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 each. But mm-hmm. I, I feel that very soon – because of sculpture, I will enter and join the million-dollar club, so to speak. That means oh, an yeah. artist who sells individual artworks right. for over a million dollars each, right. which I haven't been able to do yet. But uh, I'm now my sculpture, my large sculptures are selling for successfully for around three hundred thousand dollars each. So that's a third of the way there, and I'm about to go to Miami for all those mm-hmm. art fairs down there, where I'm exhibiting in one of them called Art Miami, where I'm going to have one of the oh, large no, monumental sculptures. And mm-hmm. Italy has been a big part of my sculpture uh, experience. You can see pictures of them also if you if you go on Google and put. Oh, I have. Kasabi I've gone sculpture. through a lot of them. Yeah. I love them. They're beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I just well, think your art can, is if someone's so different. In your work, uh, Mark, if yeah. someone's interested in your work, how do they obtain it from yeah, you? Yeah. How would they get in touch with buy? you? The website. Oh well, uh, you can send me a message via Facebook or. Um, uh, should I don't know? Should I reveal my e- email address here? Well, wait, wait, wait. On the e on listen on your website, you've got a contact page. Yeah, let me I see. Have, there's a there. Uh, yeah, there's a general email address that. Kastabiworld at yahoo dot com. Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah, they can send me an email there. Yeah. And I'm going to spell that out for everyone. Okay. 
K-O-S-T-A-B-I world, W-O-R-L-D at yahoo.com. And can I give the number out? Is that to um, Kastabi World? Yeah, you can give the Kastabi World number okay. out. Yeah, that's not that a private is number. 646-649-3812. And it's uh, in New York at 514 West 24th Street. Wait, that and address has been changed. I'm glad you mentioned it. I recently good. moved to the Upper East Side. Okay, so cool. I'm now at 357 East 62nd Street. The phone number okay. is the same, but the address is is new. I'm no longer in Chelsea. I love Chelsea. There's over 300 amazing galleries there, but mm-hmm. I'm enjoying my Upper East Side experience now. I bet. So now and if I someone were to go to that address, what would they see? No, it's not a public gallery. Uh, that I receive mail here, but uh, now uh, to, to see art uh, without mm-hmm. an appointment, one should go uh, in the United States to the Martin Lawrence galleries. There are 10 of them throughout the country, right. including mm-hmm. one in New York. There are several in California. Uh, they're easy to find through, the, uh, through Google, Martin Lawrence galleries. I show in all of them. I just got back from New Orleans where I had a, a nice show there, very successful. Oh, nice. I'm about to go to Hawaii. And on also on the Upper East Side at the Adam Baumgold Gallery, or you can contact me directly. I'm not I'm not what you call under contract. I'm not uh, I'm not exclusive. I'm uh, independent artist, right. uh, which is now more common. That's than it used awesome. To be. That's really that's uh, yes. really that's really cool. Yep, I love it. Yes. What about music? So do you have any? What, what are you working on now travel. currently, music wise? What are you working on currently music-wise right I'm now? I'm working – I'm finishing a piece that I'm very proud of called Zip Codes. Um, zip Codes. And Ooh, I don't know exactly sense. how to describe it <laughs> other than saying that there's a little bit of a George Gershwin feel to it. Oh, nice. And I'm finalizing the piano parts. There are a lot of – the piano part on my left hand is very active on the bass. Uh, and I'm invite, inventing all sorts of melodic bass lines to go with, through with these chords. I really like minor ninth chords and seventh chords, so Ooh. that's it's, that's very active. I'm, I, it'll, be, it'll be finished in a few days, and um, it has lyrics. And I'll be recording it on on Monday at a studio oh, in Tappan, New York. So that's oh, great. how cool is that? That's one of great. several other songs I'm also writing. Well, we want to know what you're doing for your birthday. Talking to you. <laughs> I'm having a, Besides I'm having a, us today. Well, I, I played the piano for about four hours this morning. Nice. And, um, and now I'm talking to you with great pleasure. And mm. I'm, uh, I decided to take it easy this time, this birthday, uh, and not have a big party as I frequently do. Are you going to have to dinner or anything? Just, I'm I'm going to go for a walk and and play it by ear and decide uh, where I'm going to have oh, dinner. Nice. But it, it'll be alone. It'll be alone. Right. I don't feel alone usually because I have so many yeah. wonderful friends, um, like both of you. I know. I saw Suzanne the... Vega and you the other day in the uh, on a picture. That was nice. Yes, I, uh, Suzanne Vega is a good friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. She lives on the other side of Central Park on the Upper West Side nice. and. We frequently meet for lunches or dinners, and and uh, uh, I had the honor of having her sing at at uh, a party at my house recently, which was really a magical moment. She's one of my favorite people and favorite musicians. Yeah, well, I, if I, I was in New York, the party, we go have coffee. Let me tell you about, 
I got to bring up something that Mark just mentioned. Uh, his party is unreal. I got to describe this to people. He doesn't have a normal party. Oh, I'm he has sure. Incredible food. <laughs> he has an incredible chef, right, Mark? And then you yeah. have what I call a music salon, which people I that oh, would nice. really electrified me because what you do is you bring in different musicians and then you play yourself with a number of other musicians and it's like a whole trip. I mean, it's like, for me, it was really an experience, you know, and all creative, very creative, all of them. And so, Thank you, Spencer. Yeah, it's somewhat structured, but then it opens up and turns into a jam session where uh, anything can happen. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have it structured. Like, first, there's, often there's a pianist who will kind of just do almost background invitational music as people are arriving. And then when everyone's at the party... Uh, we have an official concert, which is often cost a beat, and we'll do like two sets. Uh, we'll, right. we'll play like yeah. five or six songs, and then invite guests to to do things. Uh, we had the guy from uh, this wonderful guy named Scott P- uh, Puteski uh, one time, who is uh, Daisy Berkowitz from Marilyn Manson. He did some songs, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Suzanne Vega and uh, uh, Antonia Bennett, who's a fantastic singer and happens to be Tony Bennett's daughter. She might get up there and sing, uh, or she has, she has. And so there are some rather uh, some luminaries, and then emerging unknown musicians uh, pitch in, and anything can happen. And then uh, I believe that generosity is the key to success. So I always have a great caterer, and uh, I'm very happy to pay food. for more than enough food. Food, Holly. And, uh, <laughs> oh food, Holly. God. Yeah, yeah I know. Turn on food. And then oh, wait yeah. a minute, I got to bring up I got to bring up a name Sonia Hensley who you had sing she with. Sang she sang at amazing. the last party, the last two parties. Yep. She's wonderful. She had a record mm-hmm. uh, release concert at the Cutting Room uh, right. very recently. Yeah, I just went there. I went there and and she has sent Holly and me a CD which we're going to mention on radio. I, I thought you'd want to know that. That's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. I did want to know that. Well, yeah, Mark, she's a wonderful I want to come to one of your musician, parties. Tremendous energy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I met her through uh, a guy named Adam Sands, who's right. a promoter here oh, in New yeah. York, who also introduced me to the cutting room. Do you know Adam, Adam Sands? Guy. Adam, i got to tell you, uh, Holly, I've known Adam for years. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, um, he's great. I can't great. even tell you, he's, he's always like, uh, contacting me and telling me things, but he represents Mark in, 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 in a way, and also he's a very wonderful person in life and uh we have a great friendship and and mark you're like the same way you know uh mark i've got i know that's great mark i've got some really great people um that are just forming a new band from he's a member he was a prior member one of the founding members of collective soul shane evans and um they've got a new band i think you'd really love their music i'd love to turn you on to them yeah okay yeah, I'm looking I think forward that to that. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, they could come to New York or something. You could go visit them. They're in Texas. You like Texas, don't you? <laughs> yes, and I'm starting to go there now too because this uh, this gallery who I mentioned before, Martin Lawrence, uh-huh. has a an outpost in Dallas, and I had a had oh, a really? great time there uh, less than a year ago when I had a show there. Uh huh. Wow. Well, we're gonna we're gonna find people, fun people that we can bring into your life besides most of the people that you've been playing with. That's that's so amazing. I want to go to a party, Mark, one of your parties. i got to come yeah. to New York. Well, you have yeah. to New York or Rome. I want to touch on something we haven't touched on. That's yeah, literature. yeah, yeah. Literature and Mark's written. Is it true you've written some books? 
I wrote a book called Conversations with Kastabi, and within that book, nice uh, there were six chapters, and one chapter was called How to Become a Rich and Famous Artist. Mm. And <laughs> and I can tell you the six rules on how to do it also if, if you want to okay. know. Yeah, so I, I, wrote a, I put the six rules in there, and then I elaborated on them in the book. Uh, would you like to know the six rules? Yes, yes. Rule number one, make great art. Rule number two, live in New York. <laughs> Rule number three, circulate. And that means go to openings, art parties, yeah. networking, basically. Yeah. Rule number four, be professional. And that means, like, don't talk about yourself all the time when you're networking and uh, at art openings and parties in New York. Mm-hmm. And it means uh, follow up on contacts and maintain a file of everyone you meet that could be helpful. So be professional and be on time to your appointments, etc. Okay, rule number five, have a story. Rule number six, get other people to work for you. (laughs) And that doesn't necessarily mean like me who uh, has uh, lots of assistance painting for me uh, and organizing my archives and promoting me, etc. It, it, it can mean get your friends who like your work uh, excited about you so they spread the word, so they're in effect right. working for right. you. But it's not a one-person operation to manage an art career or any kind of career, including music no, or, it's not. or whatever. You, you've right. got to get a team of an army of supporters out there um, uh, have your vision. contributing mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, then uh, in recent years I've added two more rules, so it's no longer six. And um, okay. And uh, these rules are, are are a little bit less cynical sounding. I mean, all those five six rules I said are kind of hard hitting and cynical, and some people get mad when I say live in New York. But the bottom line is, you have to live where the opportunities are. You can live somewhere else, but it's going to be harder. Uh, and, and you don't have to do all six rules, but every rule you don't do, it's that that much harder to do it. So, but now uh, I've added rule number seven: uh, believe in yourself. And that's sentimental, but that's part of. That's important. That's it's good. It's important. You gotta, you gotta do what you love and really believe in yourself. Right. And rule number eight: uh, don't forget your friends. No. Right. That's, that's right. perfect. That's yeah, because you know right. people get so caught up in their fame. And and things that they're doing that they kind of like lose touch with their family and friends and stuff, and they suffer because they want to be they're part of your life, you know. And that brings me up to a question I have for you: Who your mentor was growing up? Uh, my mentor. I have had more than one mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, my parents. But then, um, uh, when I was in art school, I was very. Um, um, inspired by and uh, learned a lot from a, one of my teachers named Don Lagerberg. So uh-huh. he was kind of like a mentor. And then when I moved to uh, New York, I met a lot of famous artists. I, I, I developed a philosophy, which is uh, uh, one of the sub-rules of how to become a rich and famous artist, and which was call up your favorite artist and say, I like your work and I'd like to meet you. So I called up the famous sculptor George Siegel, uh, who has since passed away, but he was kind of a mentor for me as well. And then in more recent years, uh, uh, Ornette Coleman was definitely a mentor for me, especially on the music front. 
and I met him thanks to Italy. I met him um, at one of his concerts. Uh, he's a jazz musician. He was, up until a year ago when he died, uh, arguably the world's most famous jazz musician. And uh, I'm, Am I still on the line? You're yes. still here. And Okay, so jazz musicians are, are, are no. poor, right? They say uh, uh, you, you play three chords in a rock band and play in front of 100,000 people. Play a hundred thousand chords in a jazz group and play in front of three people. You've probably heard variations on that, and that's kind of true. However, Ornette uh, played the thousands of chords and notes, and he was actually able to get a hundred thousand dollars per concert. And I wow. met met him for a jazz musician. That's almost unheard of. So it I is. met him at one of those in Italy, and we became friends right away. He was very generous and invited me to visit him in New York, and. And so I did that and found out that he was very welcoming of, of anybody. And he, he loved uh, playing music constantly. He, he would play for hours every day at, at his rehearsals and jam sessions. And, and anyone could show up and play. He was very welcoming. And, and I would see a lot of these young and slightly older musicians and much older musicians show up, and they would be thrilled to be uh, jamming with Ornette Coleman in his studio in the Garment District here in New York. Uh, and they would all get tired after two hours. I mean, they're thrilled to be playing with this giant uh, legend of jazz history. But they would get tired after two hours, and Ornette would want to keep playing. Uh, <laughs> and then later that yeah. night, he had a concert, too. So, uh, And I've learned uh, uh, that was fascinating. Um, he, he loved rehearsing more than uh, playing concerts. I want to add to this, Mark. Uh, you know, we designed for Lou Reed uh, two albums, dynamic albums, and his favorite musician, by the way, was Ornette Coleman. And what I gave him on his birthday was an Ornette Coleman at Town Hall 1967 album, Shrink Rap, and he freaked out. Uh, that that was a big, and Lou was a real, he'd always mention Ornette Coleman. So I'm glad you're filling in certain things about Ornette Coleman, which I did not know about on this, you know. That's cool. That's yeah. very, very cool. And Ornette, uh, uh, he also made paintings, although he didn't push an art career like uh, other artists have, like Bob Dylan, for example, shows at one of the mm -hmm. world's most important galleries, his paintings. Uh, Ornette didn't do that, but he made paintings, and he was friends with a lot of important artists like like uh, <clears throat> Robert Rauschenberg, for example, and so many of them came to visit him uh, uh, and went to his concerts uh, uh, way back in the 50s at the five spot, et cetera. But he, uh, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Lou Reed. Uh, I saw the interview where Lou Reed uh, publicly said that Ornette was his favorite uh, musician, and, and he yeah. talked a lot about the song Lonely Woman, which is a masterpiece. Right. Uh, I would like to see that again, but I, they, whoever had it on YouTube took it down, so... There's any way you could send a link or or tell you us know, how you we know could what? see that? I, I know we're, I'm close friends with Sylvia Reed, and she might have oh. that link that you need. And Sylvia is a we, you know, we cool. designed a lot. We did, we designed uh, Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground with Sylvia, Judith, and I. So I'll try. I'll find out if she has something like that, so you can get. Okay, Mark. Yeah, I think that the, our listeners might be interested in hearing that too, because you know yeah. uh, the world of. Free jazz and the world of uh, Lou Reed and rock music, they're so far apart, uh, sort of, but there's that incredible overlap. Like here we have this rock god saying that 
Ornette Coleman was his favorite musician. I, I think that mm-hmm. could uh, you know open up new worlds for people, both for jazz people and for rock people. Uh, I, uh, you mentioned Suzanne Vega. I, I had lunch yeah. with her just the other day, and and uh, we spoke about Lou Reed uh, at, at great length because she knew him um, mm-hmm. off and on for many years as well, including mm-hmm. the, the, the final days of his life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing man, amazing yeah. man with a great message and. I think that we we did a tribute um, show to him with Sylvia and with uh, Spencer and Judith, which was really nice because Mick Rock, with his final book that he did with them and everything, it was really sweet. You know, it was like he he got he really came to understand himself more. I think in the end, you know, Um, very interesting. That's the sentiment that Suzanne communicated to me uh, at lunch too yeah Yeah. it was really it was really nice to see that you know but you know um i want to ask you who have you not played with um that you would love to play with music wise Um, well carlos santana is one of my favorites oh well you gotta come here then okay he lives (laughs) down the street from me yes down the street he lives down the street (laughs) from you you come up. You okay. come up. We'll we'll hook you up. Like I said, you come up here. I'll have you do a painting or music or whatever you'd like. Oh and, yeah. And you know no, what? I, if you do, uh, do you actually know him personally? Yes, of course. Well, yep. it, I, like you, I can that's do. That's what it. it's like here. It's a very small town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I'll very make a beautiful town. painting that he can own. He can own the painting, mm-hmm. and, he, and if he wants to use that on, a, on an album cover. I'll make a beautiful painting for him if he plays one guitar track on one of my songs. Wow. You know, a lot of these super famous musicians are actually, I don't know if he is, but a lot of them are for hire. Um, uh, and it's its remarkable how accessible they actually are. You know, like some mm-hmm. people don't know, like Tony Levin, for example, who's one of the greatest bass players in the world. Oh, Peter Gabriel, man. He plays with Peter Gabriel, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I've got, uh, you know, you can, most most people can hire him. I mean, not a, not if you're a terrible musician, but if you have a few thousand dollars, he'll play a bass track on one of your songs. I don't know, wow. he, maybe more now, but I, I met uh, Tony Levin through uh, Peter Gabriel, who, right. who I met through the drummer, Jerry Murata. Oh, um, he's a great drummer. Mm-hmm. I know Jerry. I know Jerry years ago. I met Jerry. He's incredible. Yeah, he's, His whole he's family. He's an incredible and then, character. Wait a minute. Mark, yeah, and Mark has a brother. Rick Marotta is a great Rick drummer, Rick Marotta is an equally uh, accomplished and successful drummer. Yeah. Cool. They, they, do, they do drums and percussion together a lot on TV shows like Survivor. But right. uh, Jerry oh. uh, <clears throat> was especially oh. famous for playing for uh, Peter Gabriel and bands like mm-hmm. Tears for Fears. Uh, and yeah. I met him as an art collector. I mean, he was the collector. I was the artist. He bought wow. one mm-hmm. of my large paintings in oh great in the eighties in nineteen eighty four. Wow, that's when amazing. I was twenty four and maybe he was thirty ish. Twenty four, oh my gosh. Nineteen eighty four, I was twenty four. Yeah. There you are. No, no, no. And today you're fifty five, and you know what? You would never know it. Mark, so I meant, you have uh, a so lot Jerry of energy. The painting, and then since then we became <laughs> friends, and and we've uh, performed publicly together a music, and he did uh, several drum tracks on one of my albums. Mm-hmm. Well, also, you know what? I love your energy. I love Thank your you. energy. You've got a lot of it. 
and you're very diverse in everything. I mean, there's nothing really artistically that you haven't touched. You've you've written, you paint, you write music. Um, you, do you like Books. to cook? Do you like to cook? Well, there you got me. That's the one thing I. Uh, I gotta teach you to well, cook. No, then, there are maybe. other things I can't do too. <laughs> But I can't yeah, he cook. gets a chef, Holly. He get he gets a chef to do his cooking. You That's true. Well, I can deliver good food. I'll be a chef. Then, really okay? good food. I gotta tell you, the food is really good, Holly. It's Thanks. real good. Well, I'll be the you. chef Thanks for the spend, night. How's and that? And it's usually different every time. <laughs> oh okay, God, is, I you know, I repeat. Please invite me the next time, please. Oh, absolutely. And you want to have some of my food, food, Spencer? What, honey? I'll be, but, I'll be the chef for the night, Mark. Okay. Now, listen, Mark, i got to tell you, Holly is an amazing cook. I just want to introduce oh. you to her on cooking. Uh, uh, she is amazing. People, and she gets me hungry all the time when I talk to her. She'll mention something, I get hungry. And I, I, I do something, the simplest thing she prepares even. I'll go and do it. You know what I mean? i got, I got to tell you this about her so you know about Holly. Amazing. Okay, sounds good. By the way, you I just mentioned the writing thing, and I mentioned that I wrote that book. But yep. uh, beyond that, I, for many years, I wrote an advice column for artists at a oh, website really? called artnet.com. And oh, wow, you can cool. still read the articles if anyone's interested. Really? In, That's interesting. Yeah, because like, you know, these apply to poets and musicians and artists equally, but these rules that I outlined earlier, if you want to see them fleshed out, you, you go to artnet.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. look on look at my name under the archives or something like that, and all of my columns are still published there. Ew, my I'm column read those. is called Ask Mark Kastabi. Well, I'm going to see that. That's Go awesome. Yeah, right well, you and then you know our listeners. Uh, a lot of uh, the readers of my column have sent me emails uh, uh, over the years telling me that uh, thanks to the column they've now become a successful artist. So uh, I, it's. It's not a waste of time if you're looking on advice. Oh well, on you know what? I have a lot of people. As an I have, Mark, I have a lot of people, young people or really cool artists that come to me. They would I'll love tell, it. I'll refer, I'll refer them to that, right? Yeah. I'll refer them yeah. To that. Absolutely. Refer them to artnet.com. And I want to I want to say to all are, our listeners that um, the, may the, have the, tuned in late, Mark. I want to say to all our listeners that may have tuned in late. Today we have Mark Kostabi in a special edition of the Indie Cafe on Red Velvet Media, and the show will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on Blog Talk Radio On Demand. And um, Mark Kostabi's website is mkostabi, K-O-S-T-A-B-I dot com. And if you go there, you can also contact Mark if you um, would like to look at some of the art. He's on Facebook. He isn't really that active on Twitter, but he does have a Twitter, and you can see all his stuff on Instagram, too. Well, not all of it, but some of it. And you lead well, it. You listen, know, I, I want to ask you. How to, wait, let me ask you one question. And go, go, go. Mark, how does somebody get Kostaba Beat, the CD? Costa Beat. How does someone get the record? Well, yes. iTunes and all the usual uh, uh, internet uh, ways you can buy yeah, music. Sure. It, yeah. yeah, it's out there. If I'm extremely Googleable, so the music Google-able. and the art. I like very that word. On, uh, I'm very Googleable. Just go to Google. I've learned a new Kastabi. word today. If you put in uh, Kastabi, Costa Beat uh, mm-hmm. on Google, it'll come right up. Great. You can get it through iTunes Fun. or Amazon or direct straight from the record company. Good. <clears throat> That's awesome. And I hope you watch the videos. Like. Uh, I, I I hope part, as part of this presentation you're going to play the other song I sent you the MP3. I am going to play that that song yes, yes, on the yes, end. Yes, yes. 
Okay, I'm going to play yeah, that, that song. That song has a video which was filmed in Rome recently, and okay. I'm quite proud of it. And if you can, you can find that on YouTube also if you put in Costa Beat, All the Way Jose is the name of the song. Okay. And, and you want to tell me a little bit about what it is? What it's in about? In Italy, everyone's asked me, how do you pronounce your name, Costabi or Costabi? And uh, I say Costabi only because most Americans do, but my parents said uh, Costabi. As really? Costabi. Costabi yeah. or Costabi, which is the Estonian way, which is the correct way, but it's the complicated way for me because most Americans read Costabi. So I, I just go with the flow. But the album brings it back to its original pronunciation. Costabi turns into beat. I like that. You just put E-A-T at the end instead of Yeah, I-T. no, that's awesome. Well, e- I want to ask you one question that is going to, it's you know, it's really hard for me to answer. What city or what um, country do you consider home to be for you? I feel equally at home uh, in New York and in Rome. There's, there's okay. absolutely well, your 50, 50, 100%. In Rome, right? And I spend half my time in both cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I feel spiritually connected to Estonia when I go there. Uh, I bet. Uh, and so I feel like uh, that's a kind of home too. But but for real life day to day things, Italy and the United States and and there, some things are much better in Rome and some mm-hmm. things are much better in New York. Do you want some mm-hmm. examples? You can probably guess them. No, no, totally, totally get that. And, you know, Estonia is very, very, very spiritual. I mean, there's like a real mystical feeling there. I like it there. Well, yeah, and and there's a famous composer that happens to be Estonian uh, named uh, Arvo Part. Uh, It's pronounced Part in English. He's Mm -hmm. one of the world's most famous contemporary classical composers, and his music is considered very spiritual, and he happens Mm -hmm. to be Estonian. And Estonia is is very... uh, um, full of talented uh, music people, especially in the mm. classical music world. Right. Mm-hmm. Very high. Absolutely. And, and for for anyone else who doesn't know what Estonia is, you know, people here in New York said, "Oh, you're from Estonia? What's that? Astoria? Is that in Queens?" Or uh, doesn't even uh. think the country exists. And they'll say things like, "Oh, what do you guys do there? Just get stoned all the time?" <laughs> so Estonia has that <laughs> reputation among a, oh a big part of the public. However. Est- Estonia invented Skype along with uh, some wow. yeah, partners, but that, yeah, yeah, and it's a very advanced country technologically. They they uh, do all their voting online, and everyone pays their taxes in five minutes online. And it's like, even some of the American uh, politicians are saying we need to look towards Estonia as a role model to get more up to date um, <clears throat> with technology. That's wow. incredible. Do, yeah, do they and they're making money up there, too. Mark, it's one I'm of the few countries in Europe that's not in debt. They have a good economy. And well, they're Mark, buying I've got to ask you a and, question. And, um, you know, I'm involved with film. We have a film festival that Holly judges and Judith and I are on the board, Southeastern International Film Festival. Anyway, mm-hmm. is there film? Did we get a lot of filmmakers worldwide, indie film. Is it, and Estonia have filmmakers there, like film coming out of there? Oh, yeah, they do. It's not as huge as, as the United States or no, no, uh, no. Even Italy, but they were up for a, um, uh, a best foreign film uh, uh, award. Uh, I think this last time at the Academy Awards, it didn't mm. win, but they were nominated. Wow. An Estonian oh, film was in the running. Yeah. That's uh, just the last time around for the Academy Awards. Uh, I think I'm you have an too... eye for film, Mark. I think you have an eye for film. 
Well, I should be doing that too because it brings together yeah, exactly. uh, my three passions: mm-hmm. art, right. music, and as you pointed out, I do. I write would, also. I would love to see something by you. Mm-hmm. I've got Very to do cold. it. I've been the subject of a number of movies, and I'm uh, about to be in another movie being done in Italy right now called My Italy, and it's about oh, really? four non-Italian artists who have uh-huh. chosen Italy as as their home or their second home, and it's about our misadventures and passions and inspirations uh, of being in Italy. Wow. It's a docu-comedy. And I'm quite you proud know, of it. And I'm, I, I think it's worthy of an Academy Award. It's, it's well, 99.9% finished, and it'll be released soon. I think it's coming out at the Berlin Film Festival. But I've been really? the subject of many movies, among them one by Michael Sladek called Con Artist, and right. another one by Peter Bach called uh, Bottom Line, The Kastabi Phenomenon. What's that I one think, about? You know, Mark, I th- Mark, I think you'd be really good at animation. Oh no, That's I do too. That's what everybody says. It, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, and I and I've I've dabbled in it. I you should well, do other it. people have dabbled in it for me. For example, I've done I've given my uh, some TV people in Japan the to write to use my images to animate them and make them into TV commercials. But right, I have yet to right. do it like a full on animation project by myself. You should do it. You should do it. I think you'd <laughs> be amazing. Much yeah, you know, you yeah, and I'm, I have the honor of having one of the world's greatest filmmakers title a lot of my paintings. I mentioned him oh, earlier, wow. Michelle Gondry, mm-hmm. has been on my TV show uh, numerous times, probably maybe 50 times, titling my paintings. Um, That's great. And he's wonderful. He He's such a charming character. You know, he's the guy who who made Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, and, oh wow. Incredible. Wow. Yeah, and he made well, music mentioned... videos for, for everyone from Bjork, Chemical Chemi- uh-huh. Brothers, Daft Punk, oh, wow. Bjork. Rolling Stone, wow. Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. um, all these great bands. Uh, he did their videos, and he's French, and his English is, is very charming, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that gives him a certain charisma, and he comes up with these great titles. and, and uh, So I'm, little by little, mer- uh Getting my feet wet in the world of of movies, and you need like to be doing you, movies. The two of you is another yeah, step yeah. in I that direction. I see him going into movies. I see I agree, you going into uh, movies. You yeah. know, Mark, what? you mentioned the second film that you, besides the first one, you mentioned a second film that somebody did about you. What was that one about? I was well, trying to ask. A con artist or bottom line? The second one, bottom line. Yes. Bottom line was made in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Late '80s, early '90s, I think it was made. Then it was. Okay. Then, then they did an update ten years later to update it. It was made for television. Uh, a guy named Peter Bach was the director, and a guy named Miguel Abreu was the producer. Miguel Abreu has since then become a very important avant-garde gallery owner on the Lower East Side, and uh, and it was basically a, a documenting uh, my. Uh, uh, unusual position in the art world and pop culture uh, because I, 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 I had I had success in the art world doing everything pretty much by the rules you know showing in the right galleries and going to the right parties and meeting the right people and and saying the right things and just the stuff you have to do to make it in the art world but then I had my appetite for success was was bigger than what most artists are satisfied with and so I kind of became this bad boy figure and went beyond the art world and started 
uh, flirting with the mainstream media and started appearing in People magazine and Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous and and uh, uh, being on major television shows and 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 the the traditional art world didn't really like me for that because they like people who are uh, even though the art world's supposed to be about the newness and the avant-garde they still like people to kind of play by the rules so um, mm-hmm. and so that created a controversy. And that's why Peter Bach and Miguel Abreu wanted to make a movie about me, and it showed me dealing with my dealers and kind of being the art world bad boy. Now, this is when I was in my 20s. I've since then gotten a bit more refined or perhaps matured. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm especially the most the, the, the movie I'm most proud about is the one I'm doing right now in Italy with the director named um, <clears throat> Bruno Colella, and it, he's a very great Italian director uh, and has been a successful professional director since the 80s and in this movie why I'm especially proud of it is I'm actually an actor I'm, I'm playing myself but unlike in the other movies which were also kind of docu-comedies this time I'm, I'm, I have lines to read and I have to uh, learn things that only actors know about timing and everything and yeah. I'm working alongside other professional actors and and uh, uh, and I'm really uh, and and I'm doing quite well at it, and thanks to this great director who's basically taught me how to be a, a, an actor. Mm-hmm. And wow. It's now he, he said he's so happy with it that he wants to do another movie with me as soon as this one's out, uh, but have me play someone that I'm not, because it's pretty easy to play yourself if you're not shy. Right, right. But now I'm going to embrace that challenge and see if I can play a role that's not like, not like me. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. That's that's just amazing. You know what I could see? You know what, um, Spence? Think about this. Yeah. I could yeah. see somebody doing a movie about Mark in his life and about him being right. a painter. And, um, you know, like they did um, on that one movie that I told you about to watch, remember? On, on Mugliani? Uh, is, is that how? I totally am spacing out here. Modigliani. Modigliani yes. is the oh, Modigliani. Unbelievable yeah, movie. Yeah, I loved yeah. that movie. Right. Yeah. I would love to see a movie done about you, Mark. Well, I, I just listed three of the ten that have been made about me, but I think the fact that uh, that you're saying it again is, is proof that uh, it hasn't been done the way it could and should be made because it's yeah. really something that everyone Artistically. sees. There have mm-hmm. been movies made about me that have made money, and they're good, and they get great reviews. The Con Artist movie got incredibly great reviews. But I guess they're not as famous as the Modigliani movie that you just mentioned, and that's what we've got to shoot for. Have you I'm seen that I'm hoping that, one? that the, the new one in My Italy will cross that barrier. Because, and, and you know, Italy, Italy won Best Foreign go- Film a couple of years ago. Did you see that one? It Which was one? Great. A lot Sorry, of my I friends were you. involved with it. The, the movie was called uh, uh, The Great... The, 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 La Vita Belle. No, no, no. The, the the Great Beauty. It was called The oh, Great Beauty. Oh, yeah. The Grande yeah, 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 yeah. Be- amazing movie. It was yes. an amazing movie. Very artistic, mm-hmm. but it, it it took the world by storm, and it won Best Foreign mm-hmm. Film. And uh, I'm glad that my new Italian movie is not coming out the year after, because politically they're not going to give one country two Academy Awards one after another. Right. So there's a one no. year in between, and, and I really feel that this new one is going to, be well, cinema is so important, too. Oh, 
Pardon me? Cinema tells a story. Cinema tells a story. I really do. Yeah. I really believe it does. And uh, well, you know, absolutely. We, and we're and getting so, so does down to that. Painting. My my uh, my paintings tell a story. That's why they do say narrative art. Right. You sure they do. That's what I wanted to ask. That doesn't mean it's better than non-narrative no. art. Because, you know, totally, Jackson Pollock totally and Mark Rothko, their paintings don't tell yep. stories, but yep. they're transporting and extremely wonderful. <clears throat> Right. How do you get inspired um, to do a painting? I mean, do you just does a thought come through your head and you just start painting, well, or what? Okay. I've made over twenty thousand paintings. No I two know. is identical. Sometimes I'll do mm-hmm. variations on a theme, but each painting has a different story behind it. Basically, I'm looking at one in my office right now uh, that I just finished. It's a family scene. It's four people. It's two parents. No, five five people. Two parents. I saw and three that kids. one. Yeah. You probably I put Wait, it on Facebook. I yeah. think you put it on. Cardiology. Yeah, I love that picture. This, this uh, I it would take me a year to explain how I get my ideas, but just one example. Uh there's a couple of art collectors in Italy uh that that own well there's thousands of art collectors in Italy that own my work, but I had lunch at one house and I was so flattered that they had a painting of mine in every room and oh, they wow. except the bedroom. They said mm. we want wow we would love to eventually have one for your bedroom. They showed me the wall, and I said, oh, I know exactly what to do. So I made a site-specific painting for them. I, I measured the walls, and uh, it's a big painting. And both of these parents are cardiologists. They they mm-hmm. save people's lives. I wondered what the, the heart. heart. Yes, mm-hmm. and, the and they have three little kids, and, and there was a toy piano on the floor, and I liked that because I'm mm-hmm. a pianist, and it's a cute shape. And so I did a painting. I... Being with that family inspired to do this scene where uh, the little brother has a stethoscope up up to the heart of the, the mm-hmm. slightly older sister, while a little mm-hmm. the other little brother is playing uh, the toy piano, and the mother is holding a gold leaf heart, and the father's yep. holding an, another stethoscope and mm-hmm. and a book mm-hmm. on his lap, and 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 this since the family loves monochromatic paintings, which means paintings that are mostly in one color. Except maybe uh-huh. two. In this case, it's black, wh- black and white with a lot of red and a touch of gold. Nice. So I, ke- I kept That's it minimal. Great. It's not like some of my other paintings that have a million colors in it. And uh-huh. uh, so that's how that idea came. It's just from this very natural, uh, real-life experience of me being in the home of these collectors. And, and I also knew that how they'll cool. probably buy it. Other times I'll be at dinner. I mean, this is something we've all seen for the past 10 years, that you'll be at a restaurant and there's four people uh-huh. sitting at a table together and they're all texting. They're all communicating with someone that's not there at the table. And and I remember when we first started seeing that scene in real life, I thought, mm-hmm. wow, this is just incredible. What, this is our future. I've got to do a painting of that. So I made pictures of faceless people having dinner together, but they're texting. And then I took it to further extremes. A painting of mine that's called Sexting shows two people having yep. sex while they're both texting. You see them. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I totally and then could I did relate to painting. that. Taking that even further, I did a painting of a birth scene in a hospital where a mother oh, is no. giving birth. She's texting on her iPhone. No. So all the doctors are texting, and then the baby is <laughs> coming out of the womb, and he's already oh. texting. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> You hey, know, wait, wait, wait a minute. i got to ask him something, Holly. Very important. Yeah. Please, let me ask him. Uh, Mark, when I went to your house, I saw, and, and this you don't know, Holly. He doesn't post it, but you did a picture of your father. It's very realistic, almost like out of uh, incredible art, but it's totally different. You know what I'm saying? Realism. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. And Mark, where did that, wow. did you do that type of art before? Uh, it's a very incredible art. You know, the, yes, the I did that type of art before. Uh, it's an, uh, kind of an academic realist portrait, but it has some soul in it. It's a portrait of my father I did in 1979 when I was 19 years old, still an art mm. student. Uh, my father's See, name cool. uh, was Kalio Kostabi. It's an Estonian mm-hmm. name. And it's him sitting in uh, his comfortable chair in our old living room in Whittier, California, which is where I grew up after being born yep. in Los Angeles. And I've, I've kept that painting all these years, and it's hanging in my home in New York. And if anyone wants to see it, there's a detailed shot of it uh, on my Instagram feed. If you just oh, uh, I'm gonna look at follow it. me on Instagram. Look at it, Holly. See. It's totally different. I, uh... when I worked, Mark, when Judith and I walked in your apartment, we turned to that painting, and we went, oh, my God. <laughs> This is an incredible piece of art. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's totally different, though, in style, which you normally yeah, do. It, you know it, what I'm saying? It does show that I have some chops, uh, yes. technical skill in Amazing. realistic painting. Uh, you have to see I, that, was, uh, that exists, uh, thankfully, uh, because of school. You know, a lot of artists are down on school and say it uh, robs you of your creative soul. Uh, but that wasn't the case for me. I went to Cal State Fullerton. Before going to art school, I was already self-taught. I, I already knew I knew oh. I wanted to be an artist when I was age six. I would draw all wow. the time, and people would say that I was uh, destined to be an artist, obviously. I was like oh. the class artist. Uh, my fellow students would watch me draw over my shoulder for hours. and I got so much support and encouragement from my parents, teachers, and friends, and fellow students that it was a no-brainer. Uh, but, my, but my idea of what a successful artist was back then drawing for Marvel Comics. I wanted to be the guy who draws Spider-Man. And oh, Spider-Man no way. And, Are and, you kidding? Uh, so, so I drew in that style, a self-taught. Wow. I drew like a comic book right. artist. Um, but I, and I went to comic book conventions like in Los Angeles and San Diego, the Comic-Con, back oh, when I it was bet. only a comic book convention. And I would meet these famous people like Jack Kirby and Timothy Leary and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I would Timothy show them my Leary. work and I, Jack Kirby, who is sort of considered the Picasso of the comic book world, said, mm-hmm. uh, you should study anatomy. So I went to art school, Cal State Fullerton, and I couldn't find any teachers to teach me anatomy, uh, mm-hmm. except for this guy who I mentioned earlier, my mentor, Don Lagerberg. Uh, but he, it was less about the figure. He, he didn't teach people how to paint, draw muscular figures, which is what you have to do to be a comic book artist. But I learned portraiture from him. And uh, and uh, that art school experience, combined with my passion for drawing and my self-taught comic book style, turned me into this guy who who could have made it I could easily be making a living doing academic, uh, realistic portraits and showing at galleries like Portraits Inc. But you probably never even heard of that gallery. So the bottom line is, uh, even the people who do these conservative portraits of the presidents. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like this guy named Kinstler, they're not they're not multimillionaires because these paintings don't sell for more than ten right. or twenty thousand each, right. and they they take a long time to paint. So thankfully, mm-hmm. I got rejected by Marvel Comics uh, and became a fine artist. And then also thankfully, I pursued the faceless figure and developed my own style and thus right. got an identity. Exactly. And I didn't become some anonymous portrait painter. It would be sort of like being a really great studio musician. You never hear mm-hmm. about it unless you're in the industry. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it reminds me of like Picasso because Picasso, as you know, in his early 
work is very realistic. You know, those paintings are really amazing. And then he goes into whatever, you know, abstract and semi-abstract, you know, the whole thing. And yeah. it reminds me of what you went through, too, is sort of a period. And But I was just overwhelmed by the way you drew. I mean, Judith and I were very... We're very picky and quality, and you do marvelous work. I guess whatever you do is marvelous. I got Amazing you. stuff. You know, yeah. I want to ask about one more um, <clears throat> painting that you have on your page: the kittens, the two people kissing on the piano bench. Thank you. That is uh, a very new painting. And Love it. The story behind how that came into being: um, a musician who I'm collaborating with. Uh, a mm-hmm. guy named Jace, who has a band called Glint, uh, and he's, Jace is producing a record for me um, uh, right now, uh, recording in upstate New York. He uh, sent me a photograph of him and his uh, then-girlfriend, who's now his wife, in that pose. Uh, he was at the piano, wow. and she was embracing him, and it was a photo, and he just, as a whim, before we started collaborating together as a musician, he just sent it to me because I kind of knew him through my brother Paul, and said, Mark, I think this would make a great Kastabi painting. Uh, feel free to do whatever you want with it. And he didn't think I would do anything, but I looked at the photo, and I said, yeah, that does look like something I would paint. But it was a photo of uh-huh. them with their faces and the whole thing. But I, I Kastabiized it. I turned them into my signature smooth, faceless figures. You did? And and then I posted it on Facebook before a different version, not the one you're talking about, uh, without the kittens. And and he emailed me and said, Mark, I can't believe you actually made that painting. Uh, I would love to buy it, uh, but I can't afford it. Is, are you going to make a print of it? And I said, well, maybe I'll make a print of it someday, but uh, if you can't afford the painting, let's do a deal. I, 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 you have a recording studio. Can you record an album for me, and I'll give you the painting as a barter. Wow. And that's how wow. that relationship started. But since, uh, I, but I noticed that it got so many likes on Facebook, it became it is, it's a great popular and viral. Yeah, I decided yeah. to make other variations of it, and including smaller versions with different colors. Well, one of the smaller versions with different colors was nice, but it lacked the magic of the bigger one that the Jason's going to get. <clears throat> uh, so I I I showed it to Masumi. Um, and said, Masumi, can you add a cat on the lower right-hand corner and maybe some roses on the piano? And she took it home and did it in her own studio, because a lot of my painters like to work in their own studios now. Mm. And a week later, she brings it back, and she puts two cats in there and, and the roses. So that wasn't even my idea to have two cats. Wow. The, the people who They're work cute. for me contribute ideas. It's great. They're very cute, yeah. And then yeah. I put that on Facebook, and that one became very popular too. So that's the uh-huh. real uh, story behind behind how that specific painting got made. And then, of course, it's a reflection on love. and It um, is. Yes, and cuteness. And you capture and, it so yeah. much. And, it is. and, and that one, one? You, have a painting, you have a painting in your house with two hands on the piano. I love that one. Two giant hands. Uh, yeah. oh, I haven't and, seen and that that's, one. That, it's a signature Kastabi, even though there's no figure. There's just hands. Right. It's done mm-hmm. in my style with this fumato blending technique. Yeah, I love um, that one. It's very volumetric. Uh, yeah, that's just, that's just a celebration of the of, of pianism. I bet. Yeah, right. You know, right. there was another one on your page that I really liked about the girl stepping into the elevator with the flames. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Up and or down. That one has a title, Elevator. I think it comes out of a movie. Uh-huh. Someone gave me Did that you title. Finally on my name page it? Did you finally name it, Elevator? Well, uh, yes, yes. 
a elevator. But you know what? That painting, uh, uh, I rework things a lot. Uh, I love the idea of reworking something from years earlier. Uh-huh. It's sort of like collaborating with yourself. Um, mm. James Ensor is a great artist, uh, 19th century. There was a show of his work at MoMA. And the thing I found most interesting is uh, it, late in his career, he took some of his early student drawings, which were kind of academic and conservative, but still good. And he added all of his wild imagery that, that he he developed as a more mature visionary artist. And so right. even though he did all the work, they were from two different parts of his life. So he was like collaborating with his earlier self. And I find that so fascinating. So, and, and, and uh, I, I've been doing similar things. I take paintings and, you know, there's a bottom line aspect to it also. Sometimes they sit around and they don't sell. And I think, well, you know, I've been trying to sell this for 10 years. No one wants it. Maybe it needs something. And and then I'll add things like the two cats on, on that one. And the elevator one, too, that's actually a painting I sold to a, a gallery, Martin Lawrence Gallery. They buy my work in bulk, and then they resell them throughout the country. Mm. And mm. But, you know, sometimes they'll buy a painting from five or six years ago, and they just can't move it. So I told them, listen, why don't you uh, send back the paintings that you can't sell, and I'll trade you new, fresh, saleable images of paintings for them. And so I got those back. In effect, I bought them back, but through barter. And then that's when I added the the new abstract shapes, which you see on the Facebook post that you just did that. And that's another new thing that's happening in my work. And it ties into my my musical side because uh, it's music is kind of abstract. Well, maybe not lyrical music with lyrics, but uh, instrumental music is like abstract art. It doesn't really tell a story clearly. It might suggest uh-huh. a story. Like minor chords, they say, are sad. Major chords are happy. That suggests a story, but it's not like narrative art. So so now I'm adding these abstract biomorphic forms that are kind of dancing around my uh, figurative imagery, which does tell a story. So it's kind of merging this musical energy with the storytelling energy. And you see that in the painting that, that you, you pointed out, Elevator. The flames are neat. Yeah, they weren't pretty amazing. It's Thank it's you. pretty amazing. So I had I it. had put down, I wrote into the fire. That's what I wrote. Oh, that is a good title. <laughs> into the fire, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because you just never. And then I saw somebody wrote, uh, uh, "Hell or heaven," you know, where <laughs> they wanted to go, <laughs> down or up, you know. You got to yeah, see this painting know, on his page, um, Spence. It's really interesting. Uh, Holly, to be more precise. Uh, since uh-huh. I explained to you I sold the painting five years ago or something like that. Uh-huh. That's when it was called Elevator. But now that I've reworked it, uh, I can technically change, you know, because I put it on Facebook looking for a title. If there's nothing well, better than Elevator, I'll keep that. But I'll look through all the lists, and I will consider yours, Into the Fire. Oh, and I think that's if it's a great better, one. Yeah, if it's, it's better, I'll cross fire. that Elevator and put on your title, and then I owe you a pizza. <laughs> 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 okay, a pizza sounds well, really good. Well, you're on good. my TV show, twenty dollars, but uh, <laughs> you're funny, Mark. Oh my the god! People, the people who give me titles on Facebook willingly do it for free. However, <sighs> I don't if want they anything. want a pizza, all they have <laughs> want, to do is agree to meet me for lunch. <laughs> oh yeah, that means I got to come to New York or. Um, yeah. Wherever you, you have are, to come to New York, Holly. You're gonna to have to come to New yeah, York. Yeah, or Italy, or um, Estonia. 
Or um, yeah, maybe cool. he'll come up here to Sonoma, and they have amazing beats there. Oh my God! Don't I have to? Because didn't you say? <laughs> is it true that that uh, Carlos Santana lives right there? He does. Yes, he does. Wow. I actually did really funny story. I actually did on Global Peace Day because um, everyone knows I do a lot of things for Global Peace Day. Um, I did a Peace Day concert, and it was basically open to anyone that was in the area because a lot of um, musicians live here. Armin Winter, who is now gone, but played with um, Jerry Garcia, played saxophone, and um, then we have um, uh, Tommy Shaw and, you know, a lot of different people like Jack Blades. A lot of the people live here in Sonoma. They, you know, a lot of their kids go to school down school here, and they just live here. And so a lot of people showed up that night, and um, I was really, I was really surprised how many people just showed up and played for peace. And um, and it was really, it was really nice because you got to see everybody in the artist community as well as you know the um, musicians come to, coming together and jamming, you know, which you don't see very often unless it's an open mic or something like that. But these were all, like, well-known musicians that really just were playing because they wanted to play. They love playing, you know, like you, playing piano this for four hours this morning. Four hours. Awesome. Just, yeah, at least three That's every morning. Amazing. Today was four. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, you mentioned places you can come for that pizza, and Rome is probably going to be where you're going to get the best pizza. Okay, well, right. I guess i got to go to Rome. <laughs> right. And I'm going to go to Rome. Um, you got to go to Rome, and that touches on a, an important thing that I think artists should, should okay. consider, which is Let's talk don't about be a it. snob. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, exposure is so important, and for an artist mm-hmm. to have success, he or she needs their work ex- seen. Or if it's music, the same thing. Absolutely. For in the visual art world, it's kind of considered taboo to show your paintings in a restaurant. But earlier mm-hmm. you asked me, how did I meet the Pope and how did I get that commission to do a bronze sculpture of the Pope? In it a would restaurant. not have happened if I if I didn't uh, abandon <laughs> the snobism that ruins art careers. And I show my paintings in restaurants, and I've been what, doing. Were you since, eating pizza? Uh, I've had well. I usually get this pasta dish called cacio pepe there, but oh, nice. But I have my okay. paintings in at least ten restaurants in Rome. Uh, wow. They tend to uh-huh. be the best restaurants. So when you come visit me, you're going to get a very good meal. Um, okay. But I was I'm not opposed to showing in average restaurants too, although they usually don't have the budget for my paintings. But right. I I have since I don't cook, I go out all all the time, and I get to know these restaurant owners. And uh-huh. my paintings end up there, uh, and through restaurants I get these fantastic deals and commissions. Oh, and also, I know uh, that on the theme of yeah. not being a snob, um, uh-huh. in the '80s and, and even now, I basically will show my art in any gallery as long as the owner is not a criminal. If they pay their bills <laughs> I, I, and have passion for art, I'm I'll yeah. show there. So uh, that's how I ended up doing the album cover for Guns and Roses because I. I went against the grain um, of showing in only the, quote, right galleries, which most artists right. follow that rule, that, mm-hmm. and, and they turn down a lot of opportunities. I showed at a gallery that was considered too commercial. It, it, it doesn't exist anymore, but in the 80s, there was a gallery chain called Hanson Galleries, and, and they had an outpost on Rodeo Drive where galleries were not supposed to be. Galleries were supposed to be on Robertson or other more less 
schlocky, less fancy uh, commercial streets. So I was going against the rule, but if I hadn't broken that rule, Axl Rose would never have walked in and bought my painting, and Absolutely. I would have had my stamp on rock and roll history. That's right. That's right. So See that? It's very important to, Let to me ask embrace. you a question, Mark. Do you plan to have a show in New York, by the way? Uh, an art show? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I had one fairly recently, so I probably oh. wouldn't do it until next year. I mean, next year is about to happen, but I would guess that it would be in the fall, not not in the spring. Mm-hmm. I'm going right. to show in Boston and Hawaii next. Next show is in Hawaii in December. That's and then in Boston and Chicago. Will you be in back States. in New York, though? Will you, can I'll, I'll be back? back in New York all, all spring. And of course I'm I'll going to Rome. <laughs> First, I'm going to Rome. <laughs> I'm going to Rome. And, you know, I was reading that you also have your art on numerous products, such as a, a watch, a Bloomingdale's yep. bag, vases, um, espresso cups. Could yep. you tell me about all that? True. Well, the the one of the more famous ones was the Swatch watch that I designed. Wow. Oh, wow. And this was at, uh, at a time when Swatch was um, uh, embracing the art world and asking uh, several famous artists to design Swatches. Keith Haring was one of the first, then Sam Francis. And I forgot how they found me, but somehow they commissioned me to do a Swatch. And it was, it was a limited edition. Uh, it, it did mm-hmm. really well. I mean, it, it, it was unlimited at the time, but once they stopped doing it, then they stopped. So I don't know how many thousands they and made. And then everyone had but, one and one and one. Yeah. Yeah, I got about a thousand. I bought it. They gave me a whole bunch for free. But then I bought, I think, a thousand just for myself to give to my friends. Mm-hmm. But That's I sure nice. wish I had bought 10,000 of them because they were only like, you know, they were $35 at the time. And now they're on eBay for three or $400 each. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, I mean that's yeah. good for you, but that's crazy. That's good, yeah. What about and then, the yeah, vases and and um, I did a soft drink label. Um, yeah, I'm not. That's another part of not uh, not uh, being a slave to snob snobism. Yeah. I, I I I accept these commissions to do stuff outside the art world. T-shirts is that's another example. Awesome. Yeah, it's, that it's, is just visibility amazing. is so important. Yeah, that's really. She cool. do branding too. That's amazing. So branding, you do something. But I'm not so. In, I don't like. Uh, uh, I haven't done it as much as Keith Haring did, or certainly mm-hmm. Peter Max in the '60s was on the cover of Time or Newsweek for mm-hmm. for being this super uh, branded artist who was on everything. I, I haven't gone full force like they did, but I, I was certainly not saying no to the offers when when they came, and they still come. But but well, my I'm passion gonna, is to do art shows amazing. and concerts. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> man. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable interview. Thank you, Holly. Again, if you guys missed the beginning of this, it's on iTunes afterwards and on Red Velvet Media under the Indie Cafe. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you about this song we're ending with again. You told us a little bit about it. Yes. And... Um, is there anything that we left out that we want to talk about? Because I know it's getting late for you in New York, and I know you want to go for your walk. It's already dark out there. You're <laughs> well, not afraid of the dark, right? Well, it's with you. So, um, <laughs> no, I uh, love talking to you. I, Can I have you back? The song is called uh, – something will come back? out when I explain the song. The, the song is called All the, the Way, Jose. And I, I'm glad that <laughs> we're going to listen to it now on the radio. But afterwards, you can also watch the video on YouTube. If you go, on put YouTube, it all the way I want to. The beat. Did you me? hear me? I invited you back to the show. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. I would That's love to wonderful. have you back on. 
that would be Wouldn't such that be a pleasure. Fun? Spencer? That would be yes. very fun, yes. We covered a lot of ground, but you know, of course there's more ground to cover. I could explain, I could I give know, more advice Mark. on how to become a successful artist. I could talk artist. to you all night. Oh, I could talk thank to you, all you Holly, night. you're so nice. And so is Spencer. Um, I love you, could, Mark. We, we love could. you. We both love you, Mark. You yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Mark, you're a fellow so, Sagittarian. I'm a Sagittarius, I'm a, too. Yes, so. Sagittarius. So I'm a double Sag. I totally get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I know where the creativity comes from because, trust me, my hand's a little bit of everything. <laughs> okay, I hear you. Yes, yes, that's true, yeah. And I have so, right you know. so I have the same thing, Holly. I have the versatile creativity in myself. I have the same I know. Thing. So it's like and all Mark, of us are in this whole ball. And game Mark, here. you're brilliant. <laughs> you're a br- you have a brilliant He's mind. Amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He's a brilliant mind. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate the encouragement, and and, and that encouragement drives me uh, to to do more because you know good, you got to you got to do good. something good in life, right? And I I want to do what I love and, and share what I Great, love yeah. doing and then help others have success too. Um, well, that's amazing. I don't see myself as a teacher in a school. I don't have the nope. attention, uh, uh, that kind of discipline to, to like right. go to a nine-to-five job. However, I do go to art schools and I also Ivy League Ooh, universities. you know what I would love to and do with you? And do guest lecturing from time a to time. A symposium, really? that's yeah. Yeah. Let's do but a teaching symposium. is the most a noble profession. So I, think I, I do what I can, a... uh, like yeah. interviews and lectures, but uh, I definitely don't want to have a, an alarm clock uh, life right? no. when I feel like it. Yeah. I would love to have you come and maybe do like a symposium. Maybe, maybe like before you, um, like wherever it happens, we could do the painting and then you could talk about what it is you're doing and and then maybe the music and maybe we could get some music and maybe um, the food can inspire you and we could talk about it as you're painting it, painting a picture for everyone. Oh, okay. You know? So there, there. now you just reminded me about the one thing that uh, we forgot to talk about. Uh, we that? talked about me as a musician and as an artist, but the two uh, disciplines overlap a lot, not just me doing album covers, et cetera. Uh-huh. But I often at a concert will do a, a live painting on stage. Um, oh wow! Yeah, like in, in addition to having uh, hand-painted backdrops behind the band, yep. like the the it's group amazing. that I mostly play with, Costa Beat, that's my group with really? Paul Costabi. Uh, both Paul uh, Paul Costabi and Tony Esposito are musicians and painters. Uh, and Paul Costabi has a very successful career uh, as as an, as an expressionist painter, and you can see his work by googling him also. And, and Tony Esposito, before he became uh, Italy's most famous drummer and a so- successful songwriter, he went to art school. So uh, we do all we do both things, and we painted these giant stage backdrops that are portable, and we perform in front of those. Wow. But then what happens is I'll be at the keyboard for most of the concert, mm-hmm. and towards the end, when Tony plays like his '80s hit called Kalimba de Luna, I'll get off the keyboard and. A, a canvas will be walked onto the stage and by a mysterious guy behind it that holds it and holds it in place while I start uh, painting on it with both spray cans and, and paint markers. Uh, and it, it, in wow. the course of a drum solo and one song, which lasts about 10, 12 minutes, I'll finish the painting from beginning to end. And at that moment is when like people in the audience, everyone gets their iPhones out 
to document it. So it's an effective way that it, it all comes together. So I could do well, something Mark, like I that, gotta, Mona, Mark, i got to tell you, you about this artist, uh, Joseph Arthur, who I've known yeah, for 10 years. We, Judith and I designed for him. He was discovered by, first of all, he's discovered by Peter Gabriel, and he paints mm-hmm. on the stage when he sings. He does that, oh. too. At the same time, you'd, like, back and you'd forth. like it. You got to check him out. You have to check him out. Yeah, it's I would love to do thing. that. We Thank you. Him on our yeah, show. I don't. I I get off the piano and paint. However, this the the, the what you just said uh, 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 has been the subject of a painting. I've done some metaphorical self portraits, which shows me painting with one hand while playing the piano with the other hand. Wow, that's a, that's incredible. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link to some of Joseph's stuff and uh, Cyril Spence. Joseph's a really special person, just as yourself, and I can just see that you're, you're just brilliant, Mark. Um, Great. Like I, said, I, I would love like to have eventually you Eventually, I'm going to write an article about uh, all the people who have serious careers in both art and music. Uh, there are lots of famous uh, uh, musicians who are also painters, like on the side or as a hobby, but then there's mm-hmm. a group of them that, that, do, that do both seriously. Uh, Bob Dylan is one of the most famous. Yep. Same right. with Paul McCartney. Right. He is a serious right. painter. Captain Beefheart uh, actually stopped music at one point and had, did only art, showing at the Mary Boone Gallery under his real name, uh, Don Van Vliet. And then in, in classical, there, Arnold Schoenberg was a serious painter, and so was John Cage. So And Yoko Ono, before being known as a musician, right. was right. an avant-garde painter. So I'm going to do an article talking about all these artists and many more. Um, I have another one Ron for Wood you. Ron Wood is another good example. I um, should, Mark, for you. Mark, you should call me. Call me on that. Yeah, I'd okay, like to get information about your uh, about yeah. your person. Yeah, I have another call person. Call me on that because, like, for Sean you. Lennon, for instance. I'm very Sean, Sean Lennon painted too. I know sure. John Lennon made drawings. Yeah, John yeah, Lennon John, definitely. John I, painted. That yeah. was his first. That was John, his first. And love. his son. Wait a minute. Sean, let me. Sean Lennon does art too, like Yoko, also. You know. That I didn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, so so call me on that. I have some people I would be interested in too. Okay. You know, you know, um, Mark, who I wanted to tell you with, who I worked with before he passed away, was the great David Carradine. His first love of life was art, believe it or not, before he got into kung fu, and be, and he also was a musician. He has a lot of paintings out on there, out on the market. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. Wow, the things we learned. David Carradine. Uh, at the indie he cafe. loved art. There you yeah, go. This is emotional. Wow. Outlet. The indie mm-hmm. I would never you have all. known that. You yep. would never know, would you? It's amazing. Now I do. And so do we all. Now you do. Uh-huh. And I've known a lot of other people, too, so I can definitely tell you about that. But um, what I wanted to say to you was uh, we're running out of time. Not that I don't want to. Like I said, I could talk to you for all night. It's like well, you're so brilliant. So you, much fun. You've eased the pain by saying you're, that I'm being invited back. Shall I you are. Tell, oh, tell you a little stop. bit about you are song? Invited. You are invited back, and I'm coming to Rome, baby, so get ready. Okay. okay? <laughs> Sounds good. Holly. I'm going to get so a this Rome. This song is called uh, All the Way Jose. All okay. the Way Jose. Yeah. Kind of like No Way Jose. All, yeah. And we want to wish you Jose. a very happy and I wrote birthday. It, I wrote it together with two mm-hmm. other musicians. Uh, three of us wrote it. Mark Costabi, okay. that's me. Tony Esposito. And I I recommend everyone uh, check him out. Uh, just go on uh, YouTube and you put too. in his name. And Kalimba de Luna is one of his biggest hits. He he's one of these uh, European guys who's famous everywhere on, in the world except the United States. 
That's something yeah. we have to work on, you know, sort of like Julio Iglesias was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very famous in South America and all over Europe and Russia. Oh. So he wrote Kalimba de Luna, and he co-wrote this song that we're about to hear called All the Way Jose, along with uh, his frequent collaborator, Lino Pariota. Uh, so mm. the two Italian guys and me, and I wrote the lyrics, and then the three of us wrote the music together. And my brother Paul is featured on it as a guitarist, and so is a wonderful saxophone uh, player, called uh, uh, Stefano Di, pa- Di Battista, who's a, mm. one of Italy's top sax players. And wow. the singing is by uh, Molly Israel, who lives in Brooklyn. Who, who, uh, he, she sang it, but she's not the woman featured in the video that you can see later when you go to YouTube. The woman in the vid- video is a singer, but she's lip-syncing, and that would be Desiree. Mm. And uh, wow. she now sings that song at our concerts, but this is from an older yeah. recording. So... Uh, it's it's about a uh, a wealthy Swiss tourist in Rome who falls in love with a um, with a, a guy named Jose who and she, he, in the video you see her kind of stock uh, what, she's shopping with all these shopping bags and and she sees this handsome young uh, southern Italian looking slightly Mexican guy um, and gets a crush on on him because he's looking at watches, and he looks a little bit like he might be a rock star. So, And she's wealthy and in, in a good mood, and she starts kind of stalking him and buys flowers and follows him into the restaurant that you both know about, Antica Pesa, uh, in Rome, in Festevere. And uh, he is, she assumes that he's like a rock star about to have a dinner with, his, uh, with all the other famous people that eat there regularly. Um, and then she goes in and can't find, she, she can't find him, uh, uh, so she asks her bodyguard, who's been with her the whole time, to look for him. And the bodyguard comes back and says, you, you, "You're not going to believe it, but he's he's the dishwasher. He's, you know, he's not oh, the rock wow. star you thought." And she laughs wow. and gives the bodyguard the flowers and said, "Oh, we'll give these to him anyway." And so she, uh, uh, so she's got a crush on him. And she, later that night, uh, the, the tourist has a concert. With uh, and with, this is where the real life overlap happens. She's performing with me at this place in Rome, and and then her crush is in the audience. And uh, oh my! Uh, in the video, it turns out uh, he doesn't really not that interested in her, but he's interested in the bodyguard, who's a man. It turns out that that he's gay, and they start a ref- an affair. Um, and she's singing what all the way, Jose, because she wants him to go with her. But it has a happy ending because in the end. There's an implied menage a trois because they all end up going to the hotel together. Now that's the video, and the lyrics kind of dovetail with that. It's basically about a wealthy woman who's in love with a um, a not wealthy dishwasher named Jose, and and there's kind of a rap in there which we're going to hear in a second, Um, and there's some kind of abstract lyrics in there like feeling a cloud fooling around, Um, and it all kind of is this this kind of a dreamlike meditation on uh, the, the, the good life in Rome. You know, the, in the video we see like the beauty of the Rome streets and everyone's having a good time. And, and there's not a negative thing about the, the song or the video. It's all very positive. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's uh, just tell me when we should hear it and then we can. Um, oh, no, I'm going to uh, put it on now. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. Um, to have a very happy, beautiful birthday. You deserve it. You are a light to so many people, including myself. 
You've inspired me today. And, and me too. Spencer, I want to thank you so too. much for bringing Mark onto the show. And, uh, oh, and I want to say, yeah, and Mark, you are welcome back anytime. And um, I'll see you in Rome. Okay. <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> with that, we're going to end with. Happy birthday, Mark. Thank you, Spencer. And make sure you guys go to YouTube. Check this out. Um, again, it's uh, amkostabi, K-O-S-T-A-B-I.com. And, again, if you missed the beginning of the show, and for everyone in the chat room and listening live, the numbers are very high for the people listening live. Um, okay. you, you oh, there's missed another the website, of the show? too, Holly. Could I mention? Yeah, yeah, we talked course. about the TV show where they, we named the paintings. That's called yeah, thekostabishow.com. Yeah. Okay. com. You can see all of K-O-S-T-A-B-I. the episodes archived on it. Perfect. The com or yep. com. And if you go to mkastabi, you'll also see a link there to the Kastabi, um your your show that you have, too, as yes, well. Yes, there's a link there, too. The, yep. the Kastabi Show. Okay. Very okay. cool. Well, with that, right happy birthday. It is birthday. Um, a beautiful Friday. Um Everyone out there, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Dave, thanks. Great Dave, gratitude. And um, for all of you traveling or away, drive safely, and please don't drink and drive. And uh, with that, we're going to end the show. Thank you so much, Mark, for being here. And again, happy birthday. Thank you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.